Hello and welcome to episode 299 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak. You can also find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going very well, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't complain. I can't complain. You know why I can't complain? Why? Because I don't have any hair downstairs. Yeah, because hair, hair downstairs is... It's a problem in 2021, and luckily we have the solution to that problem, and the solution is manscaped.com. If you go to manscaped.com and you put in our exclusive code, which is NRL, you get 20% off and free shipping of every single last product that they have on their website. We always recommend the Lawnmower 3.0. It is a fantastic device which will keep your downstairs hair free. And that's all you really want in in this crazy age of pandemics and everything. You just want people to be able to, you know, take your pants off and say, you know what, this person's really well-groomed down there. And that's what Manscaped provides. So if you go to manscaped.com, put in the code NRL, 20% off, free shipping, you get a 30-day money-back guarantee. I don't know what more you could want out of your life and out of the 2021 year that is. Maybe... Maybe an actual cord on the lawnmower. <clears throat> you know, well, you know, it, you know, you just pull on the cord fifteen times before it starts. But here's the thing: they're so beyond cords; they're cordless. They I got know, a, I know. They got a lithium-ion battery that has an induction plate that allows it to just you put it in the dock and it just charges itself. It's fantastic. It's well, the we were future. Like, we were like a we were like a bit of retro stuff. We see retro haircuts coming back with mullets and whatnot. I bet the cord, the pull cord was on the uh, lawnmower 1.0. But you know what? We don't see bushes because that, was, that wasn't a good look. Wow. That's, that's gone back too far. Yeah, that's too <laughs> far. Way too far. So yeah. get that in here. Let's get into the, uh, the current day. Yes. The grand final rematch happened tonight. Penrith versus Melbourne. Um Apparently, according to some people on Twitter, this is one of the greatest games of all time. Oh, really? It yeah. Good. It was pretty good. Uh, both teams really played well. Both teams played really tough. And there was one point there at the 60th minute where the storm looked out in their feet. And it was one of those very storm moments. It's like they look stuffed, but you knew that they were going to just power on. And, of course, they did. Um, it, it was... Uh, the Storm showed what a great club they were in this game, and the Panthers really had to get up to that level. But I think that there were things that the Panthers really badly need to improve on, and, and we can talk about that in this podcast. Absolutely. There was some... Um, uh, it was, it was, I don't know. I think I'd be more disappointed if I was Melbourne, given that Penrith were without, obviously, their chief playmaker. Mm-hmm. And I ended up losing a few players during the match as well. Yeah. And yet, they couldn't close the game out when they had an opportunity to. Yeah. That that decision right on full time. Uh, Olam chose not to pass to Adokar, who looked like he would have scored if he had got the ball there. Um, but the Panthers, yeah, as as I've said many times already now, their their willingness to defend together. 
like for the full 80 minutes. It was mm-hmm. there again in this match, and it was, it was there <clears throat> with one second left to go. Like, Kiko had been knocked on his ass on the other side of the field. He got up while the play was still going on and sprinted all the way across in back play to get across there to help make the try-saving tackle in the end to give Penrith the win. Just phenomenal stuff, and that's just what all of them do. Yeah, and, like, they're relentless, and it's 80 full minutes, and, um, like, we've talked, we talked about where they rate amongst the best defensive teams we've ever seen. And I, I was saying that I I put them pretty close to that Manly team. I think if they keep defending like this for the rest of the year, I'd put them ahead of that Manly team. Just for the fact that that Manly side, it would, eventually you could break it. And the, the like the 97 grand final was a great example of that. This Panthers side, they don't really break it's really strange. Like they in the like last twenty minutes of a match, they look fresh. Yeah, they really do. They yeah, I, and I, I think it's purely because they do keep turning up in pairs for tackles and stuff like that. So they're helping yeah. helping spread the workload around. So everyone's staying reasonably fresh from start to finish. It's obvious, mm. intelligent. But it's also um, something that's not easy to do for a full 80 minutes, but they manage to do it, and that's why defensively they are so rock solid. Yeah, it's very rarely you see a Panthers player have to make a one-on-one tackle. Um, and and it really is incredible to see them. They're like this defensive machine, and it, it makes you wonder, is it something you can work on? Because it's not like they've been together for six or seven years, you know? Or is it something that you just get the right mix of players who who buy into your system? Um, or is it just a little bit of everything? Is it the right players? Is it, you know, they've played a lot of junior football together and, you know, you get in right veterans who just defend well. And, um, you know, it, the thing that still gets me about their forwards, their forwards are always just playing top-notch for the full 80 minutes. And you saw in this game there was a number of times there where the Storm just looked busted. And because it's the Storm, they kept playing. But most other clubs, they're going to get to that point and Penrith are going to break their will. And it takes a team like the Storm to not do that. Um, But, you know, the Panthers do have a few problems. I, I felt like... Luai was very good in the first, say, 20 minutes, but then disappeared after that, like just was nowhere to be seen. And he was the senior playmaker in the game. So that for the last, like, you know, more than half a footy, it was up to Burton to basically run their attack. And he did all right. Like he did make a few mistakes, but you did expect that. Um, but Luai, I, I still have question marks around him. You know, I, I still don't think... You know, I don't think he's doing what Penrith needs him to do. And then the way they use Kikau is still bad. Still really, really bad. And Yeah. You know, I was going to say, Burton, that that try that was disallowed at the, I think, to Brian 2 mm-hmm. in the ninth minute or so, mm-hmm. that cutout ball by Burton was fucking sweet. Yeah. He's a great player. Like yeah. um, it, The thing is that made that work is the fact that Kikau wasn't clearly running as a decoy runner because that ball went flat just in front of him and he let it go. Yeah. And it drew the defender up who who took on Kikau because you don't let Kikau go unmarked. No. Um, 
but Tuo just got his foot on the sideline as as he was going over and it was disallowed. But that ball was that ball was unbelievable. It really was, and like the whole game, it, it was a real. It was worthy of a grand final rematch. And I know everyone was excited going into the game, even though Cleary was out and Pappenhausen was out. But, man, it, it really lived up to the hype. And, you know, the way that it finished was extraordinary. Um, for Kikau to be, you know, laid out in what I thought. I, I thought he was taken out. I thought you could have had a penalty when he was taken out. Um, and, it, like... That was the second time the Storm had done that. They had a try misallowed, uh, disallowed, sorry. I think it might have been early in the first half where Edwards was coming across in fullback and he was just taken out by a decoy runner who'd ran right through the line and took out Edwards at fullback, which was kind of amazing to see. But So the Storm have to work on that. But, yeah, if kick out would be like flat out and then get up and get his arm under that, that ball as Olam was putting it down, it was a crazy finish to the game. Certainly was. Um, at the start of the game, it looked like um, I didn't get to see much of this game. I've only seen a few highlights, but it looked like Brandon Smith was having an absolute ripper of a game in the first half. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, he was his old self, like just bulldozing players, and he played really well at the dummy half. We got to remember that uh, Harry Grant's not in this storm side at the moment too, which is yeah. kind of crazy. Like. That will no. change your attack a fair bit because um, mm. Brennan Smith is not so much a playmaker. No. Especially no. not one compared to, to Harry Grant. So that will change them and improve them um, a bit, I'd imagine, in, in attack. Um, but that try that, that he scored, the first try of the game, he, he literally went in head first mm. into Kenny and his neck alone <laughs> knocked Kenny over. Just most people bulldoze using their, you know, the the their back or their shoulder, like they put yeah. their head all the way down and they charge with that back part of their neck. Yeah, he just went, he just head butted head first into Kenny's gut, and Kenny just couldn't stop him. He went, <laughs> I can't grab hold of him. He got uh, he got a, picked up a bit of an injury late in the game too. I don't, I think it was like a bit of a rib injury or something. He was struggling uh, on his haunches for a little bit, trying to get his his wind back. Probably still stuffed after he got head butted in the gut in the ninth minute. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it, he played really well. Like there, most of the players on the team played really well. Ed, Edwards played really well for the Panthers until he uh, broke his hand. So that'll be a bit of a loss for the Panthers. It's going to be interesting to see who they get in at fullback. I, I saw um, Stu on my timeline was saying that he would love to see Crichton back there. I was about I'll, to say that. I'd love to see Crichton have a crack at fullback. Yeah, it, it feels like he'd be really good at fullback. Mm-hmm. Um Especially, yeah. that, like, I just think I'd love to see him on a kick return. Yeah. Because <laughs> he plays at centre, we don't see it, but I'd just love to see him on a kick return striding out with that speed and that power. Oh. Tell you what, t- talking about speed, Charlie Staines was really good defensively in this game. Could Put on a couple of pretty good hits on players, which is weird because he's not the biggest dude in the world. Um, the Storm kept on kicking over to, to O's wing, and... He did really well. He he diffused most of the bombs that went over to him. Um, and, yeah, it was just a, a real slog, this game. I actually – I was hoping that the Panthers would play the Eels next week because 
I think if they played the Eels, we'd be able to line up the Panthers pretty well with everyone by that stage. But they don't play the Eels until like round 16. Okay. Are they are they not travelling anywhere again and getting the rub of the green from the NRL? Oh, well, they're getting the rub of the green. Um, the Darlings? The Darlings. The, like Peter Volandis wants them to win, and that's the only reason they're winning. Referees are on their side. Um it, you know what? They even stopped the game from having any rain just for today. because Just to, uh, just to suit did, Penrith. Yeah, yeah, because it helps Penrith when it's not raining. So, yeah, there was a lot of that going on. <clears throat> must must be good to be one of the chosen ones. It, it feels really nice. And, like, to have been one of the chosen clubs since we entered the competition, really, we're just used to it. I mean, that's a given, isn't it? Mm, mm. That's the thing. I mean, you you weren't given um, a free rod entirely for your existence at the club there. You know, the NRL did force you to lose quite a few seasons before they let you have some wins. Yeah, but they, they did it with like a, you know, a wink and a nod. Like, you're going to be a crap team for 95% of your history, but, you know. <laughs> we'll make it up to you. Yeah. You'll you'll have five good seasons in there. Yeah, shoot, you'll be sweet. Don't worry, we're, we're going to look after you. We yeah. just don't want it to look too obvious. Yeah, yeah, it's a false sense of security for everyone else. Yeah, that's right. Now, um, I was going to give you a, a random stat. Yeah, because this game was played out at Penrith, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Penrith have kept their undefeated record at home intact tonight. Mm-hmm. When it comes to playing at home on the 84th day of the year. I was wondering about that. Yeah. How many games have we won in a row on the 84th day of the year? Including today? Mm-hmm. Two. There you go, 100%. That, that's at home. Uh, when they're away, they've lost every game. Every single game? Every single game. All, well, part, all, all single of them. <laughs> all single of them. <laughs> well, that's part of the league, you know, sorting things out for us too. That's right, 80, that's right. We put in the request, 84th day we need to play at home, and they said, you got it. It's, it's been a while mm. since you last played on the 84th day. When was the last time? 1979. Oh, really? Yeah. Lost to the Bulldogs 25-14 at Belmore. The first one was 1973, where you beat the uh, the Roosters 20-9 at Penrith. Oh, we beat the Roosters when it matters. That's right. So it's... Um, Big big day for Penrith. Kept that kept that record intact. That's the main thing. We've won a lot of games in a row at home. Like it's got to be. I know it's a record already. I'm trying to think of what it must be. It must be like uh, I think I was there for eleven in a row at home. It's got to be like thirteen, fourteen in a row, surely. We'll be up there. Let's have a quick look. Um, they've won ten in a row, but okay. if you include the draw. Which I yeah, if you include the draw that was at Campbelltown, which was include which was classified as a home game last year. Oh yeah. Then they've they've been undefeated for fourteen games on home home turf near. Home turf, wow. That's pretty crazy. So their last loss on home soil was against Canberra in round nineteen, twenty nineteen. Whoa, that's insane. <laughs> Holy shit. That's insane. Wow. Well, I only had one loss at home and since round 12, 2019. Wow. How was that game? That's insane. Um, so from this game, 
Burton, obviously, the Bulldogs are pissing him out because he's not on their team. I don't really care. He played pretty well, um, and he showed his quality. It, it was weird. Channel 9 were really pumping him up. I'm not really sure why, but he, he played solid footy. Um, there's talk that Brandon Smith is willing to buy out his contract to possibly go to the Bulldogs as well. Um, so, And he had a bit of a laugh about that apparently today. So, you know, there's there was a little bit for the Bulldogs fans to watch in this game, which was, which was interesting, and a little bit of an extra thing sort of floating around the contest, seeing two players that probably won't be at the, the clubs they're at next year. So that was well, interesting. Throw in Addo Carr's already signed with the Bulldogs for next year as well too. Yeah, there there are junior developments going really well there at the Bulldogs, eh? It really is, though. They're um, back to their old tricks, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's the one. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. Too, I wouldn't mind if the Tigers went after Brandon Smith. Well, the Tigers are going after someone else. Yeah, who are they going after? Jackson Hastings of the Wigan Warriors. Excuse me a sec. Fuck. Look, I'm going to say this, okay, right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is not a commentary on Jackson Hastings by any means. Yeah. But what the Tigers need is a leader at halfback who can direct the team around the field. Jackson Hastings is a 5'8", so he can't fill that role. He's not a leader either. You know, he doesn't. He's not a captain anywhere. He hasn't been around for a while. He doesn't have a lot of experience. That's what the Tigers desperately need. And they had it last year with Benji Marshall, and they threw it away. Fuck knows yeah. why. Um. So now we're just going to get ourselves another five eighth. We'll have Moses and by Adam Dewey, Luke Brooks is basically a five eighth. That's all going to be at the club now. And yeah. don't forget, you know, Dane Laurie's played a fair bit of 5-8, so he could probably go there as well, you know. And they've got a young guy who's going to come through at halfbacks probably in the next year or two. Why are they chasing Jackson Hastings? Well, it's an interesting one. I mean, it feels like Jackson... I don't know. Like, I think Jackson Hastings is onto a pretty good thing in Super League. And I'm very big on... If you're in a good situation, stick with it, you know. And I think the best example of that ever was Brett Kamali at the Melbourne Storm. He was in a great situation and he left and things just never really worked out for him after that. I'm not saying he didn't play well or wasn't in good teams, but it definitely wasn't the Storm situation for him. Um, and Jackson Hastings is doing very well over in Super League. And I, I feel like it wouldn't be good for him to come into a team like the Tigers. And I also feel like it would put him under a lot of pressure to fix things. And I don't think it's a one-player fix-things situation there. You know, it's I, I think they'd be asking too much of him. And then you've got the thing of, like, he's under contract with Wigan. How do you mm-hmm. sort that out? Well, you know, a few pies. Send some pies over, a bit of gravy. Well, lots of gravy. Heaps of it. Heaps of gravy. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That would be a drama. But it's uh, it's a nuts, nuts concept. I think the other thing too is if I, – I do wonder if 
bringing in Jackson Hastings is designed to force Brooks to either lift his standard mm-hmm. or piss off. And I've got an inkling based on nothing that the Cowboys might look at Luke Brooks. Well, like the Cowboys, look, if the Cowboys were going after Jackson Hastings, I'd say, yeah, get him. Because the Cowboys have nothing right now. Mm. And Luke Brooks would be a massive upgrade from what they've got right now. Um, And I think that if I was the Cowboys, I'd go after Adam Reynolds as well. Um, I feel like Adam Reynolds should be one of those plays that a lot of clubs are going after, and I'm surprised that they're not. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers go after him. And I wouldn't be surprised, given that Joey Lailua was dropped this week, I wouldn't be surprised if the Tigers are looking at trying to find a way to get Lailua off the books because he, he wouldn't be on small coin. Because if they can if they can move on Lailua and Packer mm. this year, that's going to free up over a million dollars. Yeah. They'll be, they're going to be able to get a halfback of Adam Randall's, you know, standing. And then if they can, I don't know, if Moses and Bai can move on, Within the next twelve months, mm-hmm. they could probably go after Brandon Smith. I mean, that's that would be a perfect situation. Then you end up with an almost decent spine. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, could put I, either I, you could either put either put Brooks or or Dewey at five eight. It, it would be perfectly fine if you've got someone like Reynolds at at halfback. Would you give Adam Reynolds a million bucks if you're the Tigers? I mean. I think if you're the Tigers, you've got no option. I I agree, and like we've talked, we talked about it with the Latrell Mitchell. I think at some point you've got to open the purse strings if you're the Tigers and say, look, we're going to attract a big name, and the hope is that you attract other big names on top of that. Yeah. Um, you like you look at someone like the Roosters. It's easy for the Roosters to recruit when they can say, we've got James Tedesco in our side, dude. You know. Yeah. To and join we, James Tedesco's team. That's right. And we make grand finals. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people seem to think that players are only driven by money. And you do not play sport at the level these guys do with the intensity they do only because of money. You do it because you want to win. Mm. You want to be the best. And so that's what a lot of these guys want. So sometimes you will find, we saw it with the Broncos an awful lot during the 90s. You will stick somewhere on less pay just because you know you're going to keep winning all the time. Yeah. Um, allegedly. <laughs> That's what <laughs> fucking Andrew G said. That's right. And who are we to argue with him? He was there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think in an ideal world, Adam Reynolds is probably worth no more than eight hundred grand. I dare yep. say the Tigers will probably have to pay one point one for him or something like that. Yeah, the only thing that worries me about if they get rid of Joey Leilua is if they make him available. I feel like the Tigers would be like, oh, wow, Joey Leilua's available. Oh, wait, that's because of us. <laughs> <laughs> Not only would they sign into a three-year deal, they'd even pay more than what he's currently on. Yeah. <laughs> go, oh, sorry, Adam, we can't sign you, mate. We'll pick someone else up instead. It's, yeah, I, look, I think Adam Reynolds, he'd be worth it. I, I, you know, if I'm Adam Reynolds, there's talk that he'll only get a one-year deal. Oh, what if you're Adam Reynolds, right, and you're thinking to yourself, 
I only won a one-year deal because after that one year, it's going to be another team in Brisbane that is going to have $10 million to spend and I will be a premiership-winning halfback that will be available. Yeah, I don't know. I I think if I was the Tigers and he was interested, I'd offer him a two-year deal Mm -hmm. with a third year in the club's favour. So if the club wants to keep him on up for the third year... They've got the right of way there, I guess. Yeah. Um, too many of the Tigers deals are a two-year deal with the third year in the player's favour because then the player always takes it up. Yeah. Um, so that that's probably the way I'd look at it. That way it says to Adam that, um, you know, we're, we're confident that you're going to be good for two years. Mm-hmm. And if you are, we want to have you on for a third year. Yeah. And by that stage, you're looking at signing up for the end of his career. Yeah. I think yeah. he's 30 yeah, around thirty at the moment. So you know you yeah. you're likely to get three three good years out of him. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's he he, he physically looks fine. Like yeah. he he doesn't look like he's lost anything. And like we saw with Jonathan Thurston, sometimes his playmakers it just turns off. Like we're seeing it with Michael Morgan, yeah. it's yeah. over, and it just was like someone flicked a switch. Well, with um, Thurston, I think it was that one year he had where they made the grand final, but he missed almost the entire season through injury. That was kind of the moment, I think, where things started to go south for him. Yeah, and like like we talked about a little bit, um, I think it was when we were talking about Cameron Smith not having the off-season. Like, at some point, you get old enough where time off of football and the conditioning you lose, you can't get it back. doesn't matter what you do, you're not getting it back. So... Yeah, that, like that that year off for Thurston, he was never really the same after that. But then, like, I mean, I guess you could say a little bit the same thing with Michael Morgan. He did have a lot of time off of football. Um, and, yeah, some, some players, it, it just goes overnight. It's really strange when you see that happen. But then you see someone like a Benji Marshall who he's still going and he still looks great and he just doesn't miss a beat. Yeah. Arguably, completely modified his game and made himself, you know, arguably better in a lot of areas where he always struggled. Yeah, I th- and I think that that's the thing that the true greats can do. Like Brad Fittler did it a lot towards the end of his career. Yeah. Um, Andrew John struggled to do it because he was a a really tough, robust hooker, and he he always wanted to stay that, and he really kind of needed to take himself out of that and, and be your playmaker. I tell you, another one that was good at it was Alan Langer. Yeah, and for, for Alf, it was a bit harder too, given he was so small. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Tuvey was another one. Yes, he was. And he transitioned yeah. from, a, from a small halfback to a, to a goddamn hooker. Yeah. And he was the same size as, as uh, Langer. Probably a little bit more stocky, but not by much. I mean, they're both small, small men. I, I know I'm a, a big unit. But when I was a teenager, I was shocked that I, I went to a Panthers game, Panthers versus Seagulls game. I was bigger than Jeff Toovey. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I've seen this guy fucking smash Shane Webkey and players like that. And how tough was he? Incredibly. And the thing about Toovey was that, he, like, he was a small player, but he, you never thought, okay, you've got this small player on the side. Because he hit players like he was the same size as everyone else. Like his his lack of size never stopped him from doing anything on a footy field. 
That's right. And that's the thing. A lot of people wax lyrical about Andrew Johns and his defense, but Johns was, what, 90 kilos for the majority of his career. Yeah, he was huge. Tuvi would have been, you know, 80 at his absolute heaviest. And he used to smash players. Yeah, he's, his defensive technique was sound as hell. Yeah. Sound as hell. Um, so, yeah, pretty interesting concept, though. Yeah, back to the Tigers. I don't know what they're going to do. I'd, I'd be surprised if they land any of those players. We should read out one of the emails we got from a Tiger supporter. Let's do it. Okay. Now, this is from Tiger Man, one of our long-time listeners. Tigers, man. Sufferers. Not, not sufferers. just Tigers, man. Yeah, sufferers. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I used to call myself a Panther survivor. Um, he says, hello, fellas. Sorry to ruin the start of the week. So I sent this earlier in the week, sorry. Um, sorry to start the week for you, Andrew, but it's a West Tigers question. With the club not going well so far, it looks like we could be one to five wins in the coming, one out of five wins in the coming weeks. I'm worried for the jobs of Madge and Brooks because Tigers fans can be fucking stupid and blame the results on the coach or Brooks because it's an easy excuse. Mm -hmm. I see the situation as why sack them if they can't be replaced by someone better. We won't find a better coach on the market at the moment. And Jack, is it Jack Madden or Jock Madden? Jock Madden. Jock Madden. I'm far away from my fucking laptop. Um, Jock Madden isn't ready to be the seven in a first-grade club. So why do fans want them gone with no proper replacement? What's your take on these issues? Love, Tigers, man. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Um, <laughs> he really wrote that, by the way. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Good man. Uh, look, I think the thing is, uh, Tigers fans are starting to get a bit restless. Mm. 2005 was a long time ago. Um. 2010, 2011 was a long time ago for your last finals appearance. Yeah. Um, the problem that the club's got when it comes to uh, Michael Maguire and Luke Brooks is they're easy targets because one's your playmaker, who are your, who are your, your points are supposed to come through, and the other one's your coach who's had great success at another club, so you kind of expect that here. I think the problem the West Tigers have got is got nothing to do with any one player and it doesn't matter who the coach is. Mm -hmm. I think what happens is there's a perception amongst the entire NRL player base that the Tigers are not going to make the finals. So if I sign a contract there, I'm going there because I want the money, not because I want to play in the finals. And that's a mentality that I don't know how you fix that. Yeah. Um, It's going to take basically one fluky season to make the finals, with a ton of money in the salary cap and go, okay, we made the finals. We think you can take us one step further. And people go, oh, they can make the finals after all. Okay, you know what? I'll come along. Yeah, And that's kind of what's got to happen. But that is a horrible way to run a business on constantly waiting for a fluke. It really is. And like the CEO and the board need to have a really good hard look at themselves because, you know, everything has changed except them. And this is a club like when Luke Brooks was a youngster and they gave him a a nice contract and they basically, you know, basically put the thing out there that he's one of the players we're going to build around. They're not one step further forward from that day. No, they've they've never built around him. No, not even close. And it's, it's not like you can look at them and say, well, 
you know, they brought through juniors like who were the they didn't bring through any juniors around Brooks. You know, they you know, who are the marquee signings that they've brought through since then? Tamu might be the best one. Well you know. The juniors that came through with them were Tedesco, Moses, um, Woods was a bit before them. Mm-hmm. But they all sort of come from around the same sort of area. Um, but Moses was never going to stay. No. And Woods had been talking about leaving for a while. And Tedesco had, I mean, he'd almost left once before when he signed to a, almost signed a deal with Canberra before turning his back on it. Yeah. So all three of them had shown signs that they didn't want to hang around at the club. But that's like, you go back now, that's a while now. Yeah. Like, it's not like you can... That's that's five, six years ago. Yeah, and, and like, I know that there's the the thing about, like, Pappenhausen used to be in there and Addo Carr used to be there and stuff, but it's not like they've brought somebody into first grade who you've been like, oh, this young junior player is actually really good and, you know, give him a go, especially in the backs. Like, the backs have been... Not, they've, they've literally brought no one really through as a, a centre, you know, or even a half. You know, it's just crazy to me that they could be in a complete... They need that complete rebuild after all these years when they've been doing nothing but treading water in a rebuilding mode. Well, that's the thing. They've they've always needed a rebuild. Mm. They've never done it properly, though. Because they kept getting so close to a finals berth, they kept thinking, we're very close to the right mix. Mm. They didn't realise that what they were was the best of the worst yeah and you know people may say there's not much difference in it, but i'd rather be the worst of the best than the best of the worst <laughs> <laughs> it's one position on the ladder but you know what it gets you an extra week of football and people yeah. see you as a team that's one of the top eight sides instead of mm-hmm. one of the other mob who you can beat more often than not especially year after year after year yeah you know? yeah we're talking about 17 of their 20 seasons. They have not made the finals. It's crazy. It's, it's disgraceful. And as I said, like, I think that's part of the thing is that players, doesn't matter who they play for and what they're doing, they see the West Tigers as a place to go to to get a check, not to go and win games. And they'll say all those things, oh, well, we want to go and make them win and get the Tigers back into the finals. That's the shit you say to the media and to the fans to get them all excited. But at the end of the day... Most of these players are probably signed just to get the paycheck. If they win, that's fantastic. Then, you know, not going to lie, they get, every player loves winning. But they're less motivated by winning at the Tigers than they are at other clubs. Yeah, and that that's just a perception. I'm not saying it's like 90-10 mm. money over winning. It's more of a, you know, 55-45. Because players no. are mostly all about winning. Yeah, and, and and like that perception of clubs, like there's been times in Penrith where they have been a team where they've they've got their local juniors, they can't get a top of the line star to come to the club, but they'll get you know that next tier down, or they'll get players at the end of their career and things like that, and you know you were going to a club that it you know might have bad seasons, but they could have some solid seasons too. And, like, I remember a time where you would go to the Cowboys just for the money because you weren't going to win games. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing. I mean, once upon a time, you would go to the Broncos, you know, on a cut-price deal to 
try and win a premiership. It, yeah. they, there's all of these perceptions about clubs. Once upon a time, you went to South Sydney because you, you weren't a first grader. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. the only place you could get a run. It just depends. And right now, I think you're right about the Tigers. You, you're not going there to play finals football. Like, James Tamo doesn't have to worry about playing finals football. He's played plenty of it and won a premiership with the Cowboys. He's, like, he's thinking about, where, what about the money? I've got, I'm at the end of my career, I, I want the money. Yeah, exactly. And who can blame him? Mm. Yeah, it's... And that's the thing. This is the thing that's irritating, though, especially for Tigers fans, is that every single club in the NRL since 1998 has gone through one or two, you know, crap seasons and had a complete rebuild and sorted their shit out. I mean, nothing has been worse than watching what the Knights went through for three years, but they're back playing finals football. The Tigers have never been as bad as what the Knights were in those three years. Mm-hmm. The Knights are playing finals football again. And overtook them. Yeah. You know, and went took, from a team took, that was Took them three years to do a proper rebuild, and they're back playing yeah. finals footy. Tigers have shied away at doing a proper rebuild for a decade. Mm-hmm. And they're still just pottering around. And because, as we're starting to see it now, is that for years they were finishing ninth, and yes, it was a, it was a, it was a good joke, they're always finishing ninth, but because they're constantly treading water and not getting better, every other team is improving. And so we're starting to see, last year was the first sign of it, they start to fall further down the ladder and further down the ladder. And it makes you wonder how far they've got to fall. Do we have to go through and watch the Tigers win a wooden spoon before they start doing something? And, yeah, the first thing they'll do, they'll sack the coach. And it's the dumbest thing you can do because... A new coach comes in, all the players have got off once again, you keep half the roster, and you don't improve. doesn't matter who the coach is. This problem's always going to be there. So that's why they need to get a coach who's willing to come in, clean out as many overpay players as possible, try and bring through some, some local talent so that you've got plenty of money spare in the cap to get some genuine stars there who want to make this team better. And I don't know how you do that. As I said... Uh, yeah, a lot of people want to get rid of Maguire now. He's been it was, this is his third year now, and uh, yeah, still, it's still no signs of improvement. This, you know, if anything, this year's starting to look like it's going to be worse. And so people are going to put that down as a you know a fault of Maguire's. They still don't realise that we've still got a few players there from that Ivan Cleary signed, mm-hmm. and they're on, you know Packer and, and Bayer, They're on almost two million between them. That's a huge chunk of your salary cap still on two players who were signed ages ago. You know, that's a halfback and a hooker right there. That's a few second yeah. rows and a prop or something like that. You know, you can you can bring a few extra big-name players to your side with $2 million. And the thing is, if you sat Michael Maguire down and you said, all right, do you have the centers you want? And he'd be like, no, nah, I picked them up at the end of the year. All right, do you have the halves you want? No, no. Because like no no coach wants Brooks at halfback and the revolving you know five eighth door that they've got going at the West Tigers. Do you have the fullback you want? Look, they got a pretty handy fullback. You know, I think he'd be pretty pretty happy with that. I think he would dare say that he has got about as close to. 
the forward pack that he could have hoped for in this situation, considering he can't buy anyone of really high quality and they don't really produce high quality forwards. Um, you know, so this it's not like you look at this team and you go, oh yeah, this is a Michael Maguire team. And we've done that with other coaches. Like we were saying with Paul McGregor, that was his team. And mm. that's a big, big thing when a coach has their team. You still look at this team, Michael Maguire, like it feels like they're two years away from it being his team. Yeah, as I say, like the the end of this year is when I think the worst of those contracts end. And so next year, as far as I'm concerned, next year is the year when it's fully his. Mm-hmm. And if there's no if there's no genuine improvement on that side, then you can start putting the onus of, of blame on him. Um, the problem this club's always had is defensively. Yeah. And it's not getting better. And that's something that needs to fix. I I recommend that they should go after Dean Payne and get him as defensive coach. Yeah, he did a really good job at the Bulldogs with their defence. Mm. But you can still see the hangover from it. Like, they yeah. still try their asses off. Yes. But because he's not there, the defensive structures have broken down a little bit and their leaking points are easier this mm-hmm. year than what they did last year. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see... Someone like Dean Pay come to the West Tigers to be entirely defence coach, and try and get some structures in there and, and make them um, harder to score against. That's the first part. You can't win games if your defence is shit. Yeah. So, I, you know, the last, the only coach we've ever had that said they were going to focus on defence was Jason Taylor, and he made it worse, <laughs> rapidly worse. Yeah. He had one good season where it was looking pretty good, and then it just nosedive hard because he was spending too much time having personality games with bloody Robbie Farah. And, and you know, the other thing is too, like I think one of the things that we're seeing at the moment is that some of the teams that have been really poor, then like you look, the, you look, the Broncos, they haven't started the season all that well, but they've improved from last year, which isn't difficult. Right. The, the Bulldogs, similar situation it's not hard to be better than they were last year but there are parts of their team that you look at and you're like oh that's not too bad um the cowboys are different the cowboys look terrible you know the the dragons have a new coach they're trying a few new things a couple of new players i think that some of the bad teams are improving and that's the problem with the that the tigers have is that they because they're standing still they're going to get overtaken by these teams the same way they did the Knights. You yeah, know? exactly right. And, and it, like, it, it wouldn't take much at all for the Tigers to, like, look at the ladder and be like, holy crap, the Bulldogs are ahead of us, the Broncos are ahead of us. Like, it wouldn't take much at all. No, that's right. But it does make you wonder how low they have to sink before the right people get moved on. And when I say the right people, I'm talking about people who aren't involved with mm-hmm. coaching the team mm-hmm. or being on the field because there's too many people that have been in that boardroom um, at the club during this whole period that have been allowed to do what they do. People involved with recruitment, retention, the junior pathways, you know, these are things that should be in tip-top condition and there's no excuses why they'd be poor. Mm-hmm especially with the, the nursery they've got, which we've spoken about before. They've got one of the largest, um, you know, rugby league grassroots areas 
of any NRL team. Penrith is probably the only one that's bigger, and I suppose Brisbane. Mm. Um, and to have brought through bugger all local juniors in the last decade, that's just not good enough. And so whoever's involved in charge of that, that needs improving massively. Um, and, yeah, recruitment is atrocious. Too often they just go, let's just go after whoever is off you know, off contract. And they won't go after players who they need while they're still on contract, you know, like the Bulldogs did with Burton. Yeah. What's wrong with forward thinking Go, you know what? He's going to be good. Let's go see if we can sign him for two years' time. There's none of that. There's no forward thinking. It's all, okay, this bloke's available. Let's buy him. And go, where are we going to play him? Yeah, that's the thing I don't get. Like, if they want to move on from Brooks, or even if they want to keep Brooks and, and move him to five eight, you, you go after Adam Reynolds because he's just he's got the experience. He's got all he ticks all the boxes. His premiership yeah. winner got the experience, all that sort of thing. When he's on song, he's like very very good. He'll Probably win your just, games. Yeah, he will. He'll win your games. Probably just below the the echelon of the DCEs and I dare say Clearies of the world, but. Damn, he like he's a great he's a great player. I really like him. So why aren't they on the front foot there? You know, and it looked like they were getting on the front foot with Latrell Mitchell. And I know some people didn't want them to go after Latrell Mitchell, but I just felt like, when do they do that? Like, at what point do they do that? Because they think... they don't do that. When have no. they ever done that? And going back, it's fucking going back to Terry Hill, who was old as the heels by the time they signed him up. I know, but geez, I'll tell you what. I'll give him credit. Terry will fucking ripped in. Like yeah, he, he, he got moved from, from his beloved centre position into lock um, and just kept ripping in. And that's the thing. That West Tigers team in 2000, they were a bunch of triers. So they, they, they busted their asses. Mm-hmm. They weren't great in attack. Their defence was pretty solid. And it actually took a illegal tackle by Marcus By on Jared McCracken. It and was Marcus By and uh, Kearney, Stephen Kearney. Yeah. Um, broke Jared McCracken's neck. And it, uh, it crushed a lot of the Tigers players because they were on a roll. They were in second place on the ladder when that happened. Mm. Finished in ninth or tenth. Just missed the finals. Um Absolutely crushed that team. And, you know, Wayne Pierce left at the end of the year. Terry Lamb came in. Fucking hell. That was bad. Um, Tim Sheens came along in 2003 or four, um, and just said about getting juniors to the team. Yeah. So he wanted to put an end to all of the, uh, you know, second-rate players that the club was constantly being... Um, looking at and and trying to sign, I guess, and sometimes picking up and constantly battling away at the bottom of the ladder. He wanted to try and build a, a culture of, you know, local players and have people proud to wear the jumper and, you know, they're happy to be representing the team because it's who they played for as kids. Mm-hmm. That's how you get a winning culture. Penrith's seen that now. Problem that Sheen's had is he moved away from that as he got older. Yeah. Um. And he kept trying to use a, a game plan that worked in 2005 and the rules changed the following year to be more forward-oriented forward and big forward-oriented. And the Tigers still kept persisting with this smaller mobile pack and it just didn't work. Mm. Um, 
then you got all the coaching bloody merry-go-rounds and all the fucking palaver that went on with that and the lack of leadership from club boards when all that drama went on between Potter and Farrah, which was actually, there wasn't much drama there. It was would have been easier if Grant Meyer, who was the boss at the time, had to come out and just said, look, we've had a word with both these these two guys. It's all under the water under the bridge. It's happened. They sorted it out many years ago. Everything's all good now. Let's move on. But no, he didn't. And Farrah ended up having to do all of that bloody stuff for the club instead. Yeah, it was crazy. So guts <laughs> of the CEO to to let the captain sort it out. Yeah, he just threw him under the bus. Yeah. And made Farrah look like a dickhead. Farrah was doing whatever was in the best interest of the club. And so, you know, it's been a fucking debacle ever since. Then you have Jason Taylor fucking experiment. That was just a fucking debacle, that was. I don't know why. You know, at a time when they needed to have genuine leadership and, a, and an actual experienced coach, they went after the most inexperienced coach there was out there with no real strong, reliable track record as a head coach other than one reasonable season with South. Mm. And the way he left South was, should have been the alarm bell that they didn't need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people don't want to don't know about how he how he left South. Um, just ask David Kidwell. <laughs> I think it was a different player. Huh? Was it a different player? I thought it was David Kidwell. I, man, who was it? I can see the dude's face. It, I, it, uh, oh man, uh, I can't remember his name. Damn it. Anyway, yeah, I it thought it was, it was it was one of those big forwards they had who just they were mean as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll put it this way. I would rather fight David Kidwell than the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, end up with Taylor's having the worst broken nose of his entire career. <laughs> it didn't even happen on a field. <laughs> Sprayed all over his face. But to be fair, right, apart from everything you've just mentioned, everything else is good, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think the last time it was good was in the mid forties, because that, that was when Balmain played West in the grand final. Yeah, that's when <laughs> the merge team was the best two teams in the competition. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, nah, there's, there's a there's a culture thing. I don't know how to get around it. Hmm. Maybe they need to do something like Canberra did and go after people who are playing in the Super League. I don't know. You know, get people uninvolved in the NRL. I don't know how you get around it. It's got me beat. Um, but I just think there's a, a culture and a mentality within players that, you know, around the entire NRL that just go, yeah, Tigers aren't going to win anything. That's why the Tigers get linked to anyone and hardly sign them. Yeah, that's a good point. They want to like, win. Yeah. Like, if, if you're if you're sitting down with Latrell Mitchell and you say you're going to get you're going to get close to a million bucks and you can do it at Souths or you can do it at the West Tigers... It, it, you, and you have to say to him at that point, dude, you're an idiot if you don't take the South's offer over the West Tigers' offer because yeah. South will be in the finals, South will attract talent, you know, and you just go through it, and that's a real bad position for a club to be in, and it's on the board and the CEO and who they employ to make that happen and, you know, what they put in place and just not allowing... Failure 
Like at some point, how do you allow failure year after year after year? How's the board not drag the CEO in and say, we haven't made the finals in so long. You're fired. Yeah. There's too many people within the club. I'm not talking about fans. I'm talking about people within the club who are help run the club mm-hmm. who accept mediocrity mm-hmm. because they've got a cushy job or something like that. I don't know. But um, there's a culture within the people who work at the club. I'm not, I'm not talking about players and I'm not talking about the coaches because they come and go all the time and the results still stay the same. There's something else that's going on there, and it's about time to start looking at what else there is that's gone wrong at the club because, yeah, if they go and get rid of Brooks, they go and get rid of Maguire, then all they're doing is that old adage, you know, if you keep doing the same thing all the time, expecting to get different results, you're fucking insane. Exactly, exactly. Anyway, we have another email here. It's from our very good friend. Oh, by the way, he wants me to explain why I I tipped the storm in the last game. So I'll do that after this email. Um, It's from, and I'm going to say his name how I think it is. It's Andy Uh Marzalek. That's how I would say it. I think I pronounced it Marzalek last time. Yes. It sounds like it should have a J and a T in it. Now he says, lads, Marzalek as Marzalek. Well, that's a new one I've never heard, <laughs> and I've heard plenty. Um, I don't think I worry about setting you straight on the pronunciation. I think I'll leave it to you guys to come up with something new each time you go through the tipping ladder. Trust me, As- we will. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I reckon I've got it, Marzalek. That's how I would say it anyway. Yeah. Um, what, were you going to say something? I was going to say, I'll refuse to say it that way, then. I'll let you have that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, As for the tipping... I swore I wouldn't pick my team, the Broncos, until they had three to four wins. But then I look at the draw this week and I see them up against the Dogs. And I don't think it matters who I pick. I feel I'll be throwing away a point. Might have to pick Brisbane. Then watched on as they play the Bulldogs in then watch on as they play the Bulldogs into form like they did with Parramatta and the Titans. Which leads me to a question. Do either of do either of you have any hard and fast rules to you stick to when it comes to tipping. Keep up the good work, Andy. P.S. I'm loving Benji's work at South, one of my favourite players. Yeah, Benji is bloody good at South. Yeah. Um, rules for tipping. See, I, I do have a few, but because I'm so shit at tipping, I don't think they're worthwhile sharing because <laughs> they'll just make you worse. What are they? Um, basically... I've I've got a I've got a set list in my head of teams that I despise seeing win. Mm-hmm. And the ones that I despise the most are the teams I will rarely ever pick. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Who are they? Well, I don't want to give away all my secrets. Ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. I, I don't I said, mind there, telling her. There's a reason why I'm so shit at tipping. All right. Some of those teams are quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I. But I, last year was one of my better ones because, yeah. you know, Brisbane was one of those teams. Okay. I like watching them lose. I <laughs> I don't... I tell you some of the rules I have, right? Yeah. I I generally just go by feel. Like, if I go into games and I'm like, oh, I got a feeling about this team or that team, I normally don't look at home field advantage. I don't care about that. Um, if it's a close game, every so often I'll go home field 
and that will be something like, say, the Warriors have to travel up to North Queensland. And if it's a game that I can't really split the teams, I'll think, well, you know, North Queensland at home, it'll be hot up there. It's a long travel from normally Auckland up to North Queensland. So I'll do that sort of thing. But I don't really have any... Oh, the only other one is you've got to convince me to, to tip against the Storm. Like, it's got to be a... I, I probably tip the Storm 98% of the time just because I think they're going to win most of the games. And if you have that sort of rule in place, you're going to win most of your tips. Um, I tipped them this weekend because for two reasons. Number one, um, I don't like the Panthers attack at the moment. Number two, how many times do we see the storm start a season? One win, two losses. Well, the last time was 2008. There you go. And, And then number three, you know, they, they're they just a great club and I feel as though they're the, the marker that everyone else has to hit. And even though the Panthers won last night, I, I, you know, I've got no problems having tipped a storm. I actually had somebody say that I was a traitor. Someone I know said I was a traitor to my team. I was like, no, I'm not a traitor. I'm just a fucking expert. And then they lost. <laughs> That's pretty. So yeah. the one thing I do try and look for if I'm if I'm being picky, is form line. Okay. Okay, so a classic obvious example, okay, is whenever the Tigers are playing the Roosters. Mm-hmm. Tigers have won two of their last 20 or 21 games against the Roosters. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, when they have played the Roosters in that time, they've been flogged. And so it doesn't matter to me what the form is of either of those two sides. I'm pretty confident every time the Tigers come up against the Roosters, Roosters will win. Mm-hmm. Whether I pick them or not, it's another thing. But, you know, <laughs> that's the sort of thing that happens there. Um, and so that that sort of mindset of trying to find a form line somewhere that might be somewhat uh, helpful to determining who's going to win the game is something I've been looking at the last two years. Yeah. I'm starting to look at... It's what's brought me to start looking at more obscure stats that actually don't mean anything. But that's it's had a that, that's a good thing about this because I've gone from looking for this stuff to try and improve my tipping. And yep. what I've ended up doing was finding unique things to make tweets about, which people look at and go, oh, that's interesting. You're going, it's interesting, but it's not exactly helpful either. <laughs> so classic one is what I did yesterday for the Bulldogs-Broncos game. Yeah. Okay, the Bulldogs have scored zero points in their last 169 minutes of footy played on a Saturday. Oh, jeez. Their last win on a Saturday was round 25, 2019 versus Brisbane. <laughs> Brisbane's last win on a Saturday was in round 9, 2020 against Canterbury, and mm. they haven't won a single NRL game since. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's wow. And how do you draw a line between, through that? Like, that's just mind exploding stuff. Like, yeah. I, I tipped the Broncos. Likewise. And... and I think it's because the the one thing the one thing that separated those two teams last year when they played is you look at it and go, yeah, you know what? The Bulldogs' attack is pretty poor, mm-hmm. but so is Brisbane's. Mm-hmm. But the Bulldogs' defense was markedly better than Brisbane's. Yeah. This year, the Broncos' attack is a little bit better. Their defense is a little bit better. The Bulldogs' attack is about the same, 
mm-hmm. and their defense has got worse. So for me, the Bulldogs have become a worse team after just looking at the two games that have been played so far compared to Brisbane. And so I went with Brisbane on that basis. See, I see my, mine is more touchy feely, I think, than your method. Um, so I like. I just feel like the the Broncos are, as you say, a little bit better in attack and defence. I like their attacking structure a whole lot more than I did last year. Uh, the Bulldogs, I think, uh, there's some good players in that team, but there's still not enough good players in that team. And I just feel like the Broncos look like a better overall team. Now, it could be wrong. They could lose this game. Either side could lose it by 40. Like, that's just the, the way it is. But I just feel as though the Broncos are due, and that that sort of sticks with me a little bit. You think the Broncos are more due than the Bulldogs? That's... Yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, I, I for one don't mind if the Broncos lose again. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't mind either way. It's just how I look at tipping a game like that. I think the I think the Bulldogs have been through enough losses. And enough poor seasons, whereas the Broncos have only had one bad season, let's be honest. Mm. And, you know, we could do with another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you another, i tell you a, a, an unwritten rule I, I guess I have. You get a team like the Cowboys, and I just, I despise them in yes. terms of, like, my tipping. Just, um, that's all I'm talking about, tipping. In terms of, like, it doesn't matter who they come up against, they're like, I'm not tipping them. Cowboys. Is there? I've got this theory that everyone has a team who, no matter what, they feel like they just can't pick them. Like every time you pick them to win, they lose. And every time you tip against them, they win. Oh, Do you have one? Yeah, the Warriors. The Warriors. If, if I, if I, when I start thinking about the Warriors games, I, I will stuff the tip up. When I start going like, ooh, you know what? The Warriors, they're, they're having a bit of good form. Their defense, you know what? I, I think that they're, they're also one of those teams that the Storm struggle against. I'm going to tip the Warriors against the Storm, and then the Storm will flog the ever-loving shit out of them. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, damn it. But then it'll be like, oh, manly. They're not going to lose to the Warriors. Or is it fucking in a motel somewhere on the Central Coast and then Manly lose to them? And so anytime I start thinking about how the Warriors will go in my tipping, I will stuff it up. So I just kind of have to just chuck the tip up really quick and move on. See, for me, it was always um, Canberra. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, see, during the 90s, and then again, in the you know, in more recent times, Canberra's attack was just on fire. Mm. No one could get near them. And so, part of my mind still thinks that yeah, their attack's still pretty good. I keep going with that. Just like Phil Gould still keeps thinking that the West Tigers have the best attack in, in the no field that stopped in twenty ten. That like how how are you still going on about that? It's a decade ago, man. Fucking move on. <laughs> It is um, when you've I'm, got I'm, to real, realize something's changed in a team, though. At, like when you've got an idea of what a team is, and then you've got to go like, "Oh no, that that that's over." Like I can't hold on to that. Yes, yes. We were going to do a an episode about things like that. We were. Should we hold it on to that? Because that's a good idea. I don't know. I, I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. 
We might save that up. Yeah, let's save it. We'll put that one in the vault. Yeah. Let's not ruin it now. We'll give yeah. you we'll give you all a bit of a tease. <laughs> but um, yeah, what are any other tip and strategies you have? Um, no, that's pretty much it. I, just, I try and just look at, at form, head-to-head form, not so much current season form. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. See, that's different for me too. I look at overall season form. This this year, I'm also trying to convince myself not to pick the Tigers every week. Yeah. So it's worked out pretty well so far. <laughs> so do you have problems tipping against the Tigers? Yeah, I, I tend not to do it. Okay. I, I have zero problem tipping against the Panthers. No problem at all. I'll do it whenever I feel like it. I, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've tipped against the Tigers. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow, that's a problem. (laughs) That's why I'm so crap at footy tipping. But (laughs) this year, I tipped against them for both rounds so far. Okay. And I didn't want to risk it this week, so I tipped them this week. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) We'll see how we go. (laughs) Trying to think of any other weird ones that are like um, any weird sort of non-written rules. I can't think of any others. I really can't think of any others. Um, which animal yeah. will kill? Which mascot will kill the other one? That's what me. Remember, me and Julie did whole yeah. episodes of that. That's um, right. Because yeah. I think that's what what my daughter uses, or which, which animal she likes more. You should have signed her up for our tipping competition on the NRL website and just put in her tips for which animal she likes better. <laughs> that would have been. Oh, she she probably think about it now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably, probably still kick all our asses. Just towel us up. Yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, there we go. Any more emails? No, no, that's it. That Well, that's all of the ones I can find. We have some go on the website, some go to my personal email. So um, if I've missed your one, it's probably just got lost. So the best way to do it is to go to fergonfreak.com, go to the contact part and send an email through that. That's easily the best way to do it. Absolutely. Fully agree. Um, I suppose that pretty much does this episode, doesn't it? Yeah, we did really well. Um, we're going to do another episode. Should we do one? We can do one Sunday. Yeah, we can do one whenever. Yeah, Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, maybe both. We'll see. We'll see how we do it. Try and get a history one out too somewhere. That'd be cool. It's Sunday. Pretty big day for the podcast. It's a bit of a milestone yes i wonder if anyone knows what that might be yeah if you know what the milestone is tweet it to us exactly and we'll read it out mm. <laughs> i guess we'll get some interesting responses now yeah i realized i just fucked up that's <laughs> mm. <laughs> all about the algorithms <laughs> yeah you know what i've i really enjoyed tweeting today i uh was talking about the football and everyone was just positive and looking forward to the footy and it was just really nice to to be on twitter and things be positive because man you look at the trending topics on twitter and it's just hate-filled shit fest yeah although in in good news um evan peters is set to play serial killer jeffrey Dahmer in a netflix series oh nice yeah so that'll nice. be fun to watch yeah uh also scientists kept wine in space for a year here's what happened i dare say nothing yeah, what would happen to nothing? It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's in a bottle, in a cork. 
Nothing would happen. Nothing. Um, oh, we had a little bit of extra news. You said there was some talk about Andrew Fafita. Oh, yeah. The uh, the Dragons apparently are going after Andrew Fafita, which, you know, I think if they could get him for this year, wouldn't be too bad for them. Yeah. I don't know if it's something I'd be looking at long-term, especially when you look at some of the older players they recruited at the Dragons. It's a little bit of a worrying sign. Um, I would rather the Dragons be looking to get younger, not older. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just it sounds like a Dragon signing, doesn't it? It does, yeah. But like if it's for this year, like if he's playing for them from next weekend, if for this year, it, it, I like it. But long term, it's or getting him next year, uh, you know, Andrew for Federick. I'd say he kind of feels like a West Tiger, doesn't he? Well, probably. Yeah. It's imagine you get rid of Packer, and they sign Andrew Fafita to a three-year deal. Like, uh, who would you kill? Who would you murder? Right, right now, I prefer Fafita over Packer, but that's that's not <laughs> that's not saying much. So, okay. um, read yeah. this article. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was trying to get you to tell me someone you'd murder on a podcast. What the fuck am I thinking? Sorry. Let's, let's keep it safe. You know, I could. No. Um, <laughs> just look at this article. It's saying that the Tigers are looking at signing Jackson Hastings to be a ball-playing lock. Oh, 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 shit. Oh, boy. Wow. That's... Wow. That's rough. That's just... No. Isn't he, isn't he like a... I mean, he's pretty slight for a halfback. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm sorry, Jackson, but I reckon I've probably had bigger shits than him. Yeah. He's, he's not the size of a, as a, of a ball-playing lock. No. Not, not in the NRL. Can you imagine you, Jackson Hastings, and you're at Wigan, and you're like, listen, okay, I'll break my contract here at Wigan, and they say, cool, because we're thinking about having you as a ball-playing lock, and you're like, God, this... Contract, it's rock solid. I don't know whether I can break this. Yeah, oh, we're going to give you a million dollars a year going for two. I don't know. Have you seen how good the pound's doing right now? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Plus, you know, there's a whole COVID thing. I don't think I can get out of England at the moment. Tragedy, can we, dude. <laughs> can we can we wait like a, you know two or three years so I can uh, get into some local cuisine and get up to the right size? Do you reckon if Jackson Hastings does come back to the NRL, that he will play a single game for England ever again? Never. Yeah, I agree. Never again. They'll move um, on to the next thing. It'll be some... Uh, I, I feel like the, the England team will look towards some young halfback at, at a club who's actually not any good, but he's just young and he's English. Yeah. So if, the, if the Tigers had... Seriously, they had no other options at 5'8". I'm all for him signing Jackson Hastings. Mm-hmm. He's an improvement on Moses and Bai. He's no worse than Adam Dewey. Mm-hmm. Um, or Luke Brooks, for that matter. So I'd be fine. If it meant that we got rid of some of those surplus, if we got rid of Mbai and Brooks and signed Hastings, that's an improvement because you've freed up a lot of salary cap space and you've still got yourself a... You know, a half no worse than ones you already had. Yeah. But you'd need to use the money that you've saved to buy 
a halfback to go next to him. Yes. Drop Lolua and move Dewey to the centres. You're fixed. You know, you're moving you're moving in the right direction there. You've got a decent starting seventeen, a few a few decent quality um reserves after that. And then just seriously go and start working on junior development from your local area and try and get some local talent into the side. Yeah. You know, you know who I think will become available soon is Lachlan Lewis. Yeah. And I wouldn't mind him. I think that in the right situation, he'd be a really good player. He's got some injury problems, which you he would need to get through those to be a really good contributor to a team. But I like his competitiveness, and I think that he can be a little bit of an Adam Reynolds sort of player as a 5'8", because he's, he's in everything. He's in absolutely everything. Um, so, yeah, I think he'd be, he's, he would be... He would be available, I think, for the right price. Yeah, he wouldn't be too bad. I think we saw the best of him when he was, um, you know, opposite Foran and he had that experienced head next to him. Mm-hmm. When Foran went away, he seemed to play a lot more um, expansive footy mm. a lot of the times at the wrong time. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Foran was able to really be in a sort of giving the ball when he wanted him to do something. Um, you know, so the problem we've got there is Tigers don't have an experienced half to go alongside him. True. He'd be, you know, where Lachlan Lewis would be really good would be Manly alongside DCE. Yeah, he'd be brilliant there. Mm. He's a little bit of X factor in the halves too. Mm-hmm. That would go well there. You know, if the uh, it'd be interesting if the cow and if for some reason I feel like the Cowboys are going to get Adam Reynolds and I don't know why. It's based on nothing. It's just a hunch. But if they got Adam Reynolds and they got uh, Lachlan Lewis, that'd be pretty handy halves pairing. Yeah, I think that's a definite upgrade mm. in both waves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michael Lennis has suggested that Joey Lolia needs to control his temper and that he reckons that uh, he reckons that Lolua might only have a month to save his career. Wow. And uh, Lolua responded by telling Ennis to stop talking shit. Yeah. And he called James Hooper a baldy. I'm on his side completely. I agree with him 100%. He's, um, look, he's doing all the right things in the media, Lolua. <laughs> <laughs> That reminds me, I saw a, there was a tweet that was sent to me and it was a tweet that, uh, is that fucking person that does the sports bet adverts on Channel 9? I think it's before Channel 9 games. Okay, I don't watch Channel 9. He was your former fullback at the West Tigers. Oh, Joel Kane. Joel Kane, that's it. Yeah. Oh, Sugar. Yeah. He, uh, he put out a tweet and here it is. Sent to me by the Duke. Uh, who's a who's a Chooks fan, unfortunately. Um, so he said, it, so it was, uh, a t- the Telegraph put out an article and it said, as the 17th NRL team appears to be a fait accompli, a ninth weekly game for broadcasters remains an awfully enticing prospect, which means they bring in two teams, think. not just one. Right? Yeah. So Joel Kane tweets this out. One NFL team to 10 million people in the in America, right? 
Mm-hmm. I guess he's talking about population. This would be one NRL team per 1.7 million people, and that includes New Zealand as well, in, in Australia and New Zealand. Then he says, move to two tiers of 10 to 12 teams, question mark. Promotion and relegation, anyone, question mark. Uh-huh. And, then he, and then he says, play everyone twice. Less games for players, more games for broadcasters, tick, tick, tick. And the Duke sent it to me and asked what my thoughts were. And I said, I think this is an utterly ridiculous idea. What do you think, Andrew? Promotion and relegation is the single most stupidest concept I've seen in any sport anywhere. Yes. And in rugby league, especially in English rugby league where the money's just not there, it's deadly to clubs. Yeah. It sinks clubs. And not only does it start sinking, not only does it sink clubs, it's starting to sink the game. It's a horrible, horrible concept. Um, as far as, you know, this whole argument of, you know, oh, teams in the in the lower competitions don't have anything to play for. You know, you know if they're good enough, they'd be in the top competition anyway. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even work in soccer. Let's face it. It doesn't. It doesn't. You look at the teams that are constantly on the cusp, up and down, up and down. You know, it's so expensive staying in the Premier League and you go back down to the next division down and you know, all of a sudden you're one of the top teams there because, you know, you've, you've had all that exposure in the Premier League, so you've got a bit of extra coin in the kitty. Um, and so they just stay hanging around. Yeah. Being one of the bottom three in the Premier League or being one of the top three in, in second division. It just constantly happens all the time. Happens the same time in rugby league. You know, league goes up, league goes down, league goes up, league goes down. You know, and who is, I, this, I who is this benefiting? And I, I remember I would talk to Poms about this, and they'd say, if you take away the dream of a local club that they can't rise through their thing, the the ladders and become a super league team, then why? would they exist? What's the whole point of them being around? And I used to think like, what fucking planet are you on? If you think your basically local A grade side is somehow one day going to be playing Wigan in Super League and holding their own against them, it it makes no sense. And like, who has that desire? Like I've never wanted to, I've never thought to myself, you know what? The Samiri Saints, if they were one day playing in the NRL, It'd just be stupid. <laughs> not, not even Newtown Jets fans, you know, or the club, are sitting there thinking, one day we'll be back in the NRL. Mm. And then, you know, it's just absurd. If if they want, if these teams want to be in the top division, then why not just have one big, massive top division like they used to have? Yeah. And quit all this other bullshit. And then you can just have all the teams there. and you know, Like, it's not going to make any difference to the current game. So you don't think Joel Kane's ideas hold any merit? It's absurd. Yeah. It's it's insanely, insanely stupid. Yeah. Because the first thing that's going to happen, okay, is if you start bringing in all of these extra divisions and stuff, First thing that's going to happen is people are going to say, "Well, oh, my team got grouped in with the Melbourne Storm and blah 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 blah." blah. We're going to get, you know, we're going to get flogged and be crap all the time. But I think the Guaranteed. way he, I think the way he wanted it to have, was like, you've got promotion and relegation. Like, who wants to be in that second tier of teams, really? 
Well, that's the thing, though, is if you're in that second tier, you're not getting the exposure. You're immediately considered as one of the shittier teams. Mm-hmm. Sponsors are harder to get. Players are harder to get. I dare say after a while, there'll be a separation between the top division and the second one, just like we've got in England, and therefore money is harder to get for the teams in the second division, and you start killing teams. I like putting out some far ideas every so often on the podcast. And Joel Kane does the same thing on his Twitter feed. But I've got to say, some of the ideas I've seen him put out there are pretty bad. Yeah, I, I can never, ever talk positively about promotion and relegation because I've seen, just, just, just in basic record-keeping, mm. how much damage is done to the game in England. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they fiddled around with it for a while. It wasn't until the 70s, just right, 73, I think, they went from having all the teams playing in one big competition to having divisions. Mm. You think, when was the last time they beat Australia in Ashes series? Oh, it's around the same time. Mm-hmm. When was the last time they won a World Cup? Oh, yeah, it's around the same time. I don't think a lot of this is a coincidence. You know, we should do an episode in the next week or two where it's just a pommy bashing episode. I know you'll like those episodes. Yeah, I, tell, I know someone who likes them more than I do. Really? Yeah. We should he get sounds, him on. He sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> we should get him on. <laughs> anyway, we should wrap this up. We must Again. be going for like two hours or something by now. No, nah, we haven't done that yet. Okay. You can if you want. No, nah, no, nah, it's all good. We got we got more content to put out. We have got more indeed. content than any other podcast in the rugby league sphere. Yeah, we're just trying not to do it all at once. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to. You don't want to blow your wad, which is my favourite poker term. Yes. What a cash! Mm. You don't do it all on the first hand. No. Um. All right. So it'd be like make... ejaculating early, <laughs> just in case people weren't clear. <laughs> Um, for more of that content check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod we're on LinkedIn, YouTube, MySpace Facebook Uh, I think that's all of them Yep. Um, so check us out on all of those Uh, make sure you go to your your, uh, podcast listening app give us a 5 star rating and give us a review we'll read them out on the podcast and pop, pop them up on the website as well um, as Freaky said, you can go to our website to uh, send an email through to the to us, and we'll read them out like we did just with these uh, two tonight. Mm-hmm. And also, and most importantly, big thanks to Manscaped. Make sure you head over there. Buy. I was going to say anything. Yeah, just buy everything. Get twenty percent off. Yeah. Whenever you use our code NRL, you save twenty percent. That's that's basically like us giving you free money. Yeah, and and hairless balls. Yeah, well, I mean, what more do you really well, we, need in life? We won't, we won't personally come over and do it, you know. No, we'll give you, we'll give you that no. bit of privacy, but you know, yeah. we're doing everything but. So, um, I suppose that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, thank you to everyone for listening, um, and enjoy the footy. Absolutely, we'll catch us all in a few days' time. <laughs>